It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, guys? We are back at you with another Locked On Wizards podcast episode. On today's episode, we have a mailbag for you guys. After that 35-point debacle, I know you guys have a lot of questions. So, Ed, let's get right into it. Are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, guys? Deolante Daniels and Ed Oliver back at you guys with another Locked On Wizards podcast episode. We want to thank you all for making Lockdown Wizards your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now, before we get started with the mailbag, Ed, it's a couple things we want to talk about before. But first, there was a quote from the Quentin Mayo podcast. Do you want to enlighten the folks about that? Yeah, so he said that he got a text from a Wizards player saying that uh, it feels like the inmates are running the asylum, talking about the team and the locker room. So just want to get your take on that quote. You can kind of tell. I mean, a lot of times on the court, it just seems like guys are doing whatever they want to do. Um, we talked about guys doing a bunch of stuff that they aren't used to doing anyway, but they do it anyway because why not? And then it's tough for West, man. It's really tough for West to deal with this roster full of vets. And, I mean, you're losing. And then you have veterans on top of that. And you're a rookie head coach. So then you start to worry about are the guys not buying in? Are they simply just not listening and not buying into what West has to say? It's, it's, it's just, I mean, I don't. I'm not shocked to hear something like that because we look at the product on the court and you look at how the team has been struggling and you look at how certain players play, you can kind of feel, get a sense of these dudes, some of these dudes just doing whatever they want out there. Yeah, it does look that, like that way. I mean, I've been bringing up like the past couple of days with guys fighting each other, KCP and Trez and Denny and, and Davies. Uh, whenever a player, this is kind of like an anonymous source type thing. Uh, I, I can't stand those. Whenever you get the anonymous source type things, that's when you know your team is in trouble. When a locker room's imploding, when stuff leaks and things get out, that's when you know it's bad. And a loss like this is where you do lose a, a locker room. 
Um, you know, we had stuff before with Trez talking about the offense that, you know, even a squirrel, blind squirrel can find a nut or whatever, trying to get the basketball, everybody needs a touch. Spencer talked about the offense and, you know, Wes is a rookie head coach, like you said. So it's tough for him. It's still a learning experience. And this is a team with a lot of vets. It's not just like it's a bunch of rookies, like where the Pistons mm-hmm. or the um, Oklahoma City Thunder. These are guys, you know, KCP just won a championship not too long ago. Kuzma won a championship not too long ago. Trez is a six man of the year. So Davis just got paid. Bradley Bill's looking to get paid. Um, Thomas Bryan is an established player as well. So there's a lot of Eagles on the team, a lot of people who have, you know, put up some numbers, some good numbers, solid numbers in the league, and they're looking for their minutes, and they um, feel entitled to their minutes. And so a lot of guys do deserve minutes. A lot of te- a lot of – it's an 11-man rotation right now. So it's not the easiest situation for West Unsell Jr. either. Uh, before the season even started, there was a players-only meeting held by Marcus Harrell. So um, it, it's just a lot with veterans that just have egos, and there's only one basketball to go around. Yeah. Um, and it starts out tough with the leadership too, you know, Bradley Bill too, you know, he, he's got to be a vocal leader and he's not really much of a vocal leader. So I can definitely see where maybe KCP, Trez and some guys and Bradley Bill himself are probably doing their own thing, or there might be some clicks and some friendships and buddy buddies and different groups and whatnot. You know, I hate mm-hmm. to speculate, but you can just kind of tell the body language in the games and the fights and all kinds of stuff. So, um, I hate to say that West Huntsville Jr. is losing their locker room. Um, we saw last year with the Pacers, that coach got fired after just one season because yeah. you know, he didn't have control of the locker room or whatever was going on there. So, But I would hate for that to happen under West Huntsville Jr. So it just looks terrible right now. It looks really bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just this has really been bad. And the Wizards' record, if you look at it and compare it to this point where they were in like years previous, even last year, is like, oh, you would think, oh, it's not that bad. Like, you know, they're still close to 500. They aren't 14 and 30 or something like that. But that 10 and 3 start did a lot for this current record right now. Like, mm-hmm. without that 10 and 3 start, they will probably be around that 14 and 30 something range. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at Tankathon, I think right now they're like in the ninth spot right now in the lottery. So it's. It's looking rough, and winning cures all, but they ain't winning. So the problems are just going to get worse and worse. Like you said, we have consistently heard different players have their critiques of just the offense and rotations, etc. So if they feel like West isn't doing what needs to be done, maybe they feel like they might as well just take it into their own hands. Right, yeah. The roles aren't defined. I think Kuzma said that too. They don't the roles have not been defined. Last year, I know a lot of people hit on Russ, but you know, they had a players only meeting and Russ mm-hmm. around was like, let's everybody needs a role. And then once right. they did that, we went 17 and 6. Um, so yeah, guys just don't know their roles. A lot of people are trying to do too much and just fighting over minutes. So it's just a cluster right now, and uh hopefully they can make some trades and whatnot. So uh, but yeah, also the last two-minute report, mm-hmm. I know you heard about that, but kind of is like, who cares? You know, we let <laughs> we let a team come back from down 35. Who cares? Yeah. Of course the ref is going to be on their side after that. Of course, you know, so I, I don't even blame the ref for calling a foul mm-hmm. on that, to be honest with you, because shame on the Wizards for giving up a 35-point lead. Yeah, I mean, it's no – the Wizards got robbed. It's no – you know, well, of course, bad refs and whatnot. The Wizards have had their running with refs and questionable calls in the past, but 
none of that matters, man, when you blow a 35-point lead. Like, I tweeted this and I said this. It's hard to blow a 35-point lead in 2K. That's a video game. So how can you blow a 35-point lead in the National Basketball Association? I don't know how you do it. Uh, it's so all that last two minutes stuff, I think it's stupid anyway because I think it just, what does it do? Like, it doesn't change anything. The calls don't get reversed. Nothing happens to the refs. What is the, even the point of telling us that you messed up when we kind of felt like you messed up already outside of just making us more upset? I don't get the point of the last two-minute report. But, I mean, regardless, none of that matters. That's the, That performance in general is, is pathetic, and I'm glad they got two days off to really sit on that and let it milk. There's no, all right, we got a game today. All right, we got a game tomorrow. Nah, sit on that. Wake up and still be mad, just like Wizards fans were today. They woke up and was still upset because we still in shock at how they lost that game. We just don't know. Yeah, I was still upset. I'm not even wearing my Wizards hat today. I'm wearing the Washington football team, which is not much better. But honestly, I feel like the Washington football team, I have more pride wearing this hat than wearing the Wizards hat. That's how down bad I feel as a Washington Wizards fan at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Washington football team ain't embarrass you as badly, you know, as far as blowing the lead. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, if they was up 40-something in the game or 35 and they lost, they ain't do that. So mm-hmm. they ain't that bad. But – before we get into our mailbag, guys, we do have a message from our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your fur your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Ed, I know we have some questions Wizards fans, I understand why you got a lot of them. So let's get right into them, Ed. Yeah, so we got some questions about uh, Wes Unsell Jr. so far. Um, I just want to thank you guys for putting in questions. We have questions on Twitter and on YouTube. We're not going to be able to get to all of them. Um, Also tomorrow, we do have Chase Hughes coming on from NBC Sports Washington. He's coming on again for the third time, so shout out to him. Uh, this is from Sad Wiz Fan, how we all feel right now on Twitter. Um, his at name on Twitter is actually dumb underscore Wiz underscore fan. So Sad Wiz Fan, a dumb Wiz Fan. He said, um, oh, I'm sorry, no, this is, uh, we're going to get to his question next, though, but this is from Elon Adato on Twitter. Um, his at name is A D A T O A L O N. He said, In your opinions, why Wes, why Wes Unsold Jr.? 
giving Spencer so many minutes without any connection to his ability on the court? Simply put, because, I mean, he's one of your top three paid players and he's your big free agent acquisition. And they don't, they're not about to just stop playing him halfway into the season coming off of an ACL injury. But, for example, last night is unacceptable. It's no way he should have been finishing that game, period, or play the amount of minutes that he played. The Clippers, they their guys got benched. You know, like Zubak, Batum, Bledsoe, I mean, Reggie Jackson, Bledsoe as well, they didn't play. Like, they weren't playing in that second half. And because they were getting crushed and didn't come out with any energy or effort, so they didn't deserve to get those minutes. And they didn't. Talu didn't give them those minutes. The Washington Wizards, on the opposite hand, started falling off, giving up 40 points in the third quarter. Then the lead just, just slipping, slipping, slipping away. And you stick with the same lineup. You continue to give minutes to Spencer Dinwiddie, who was playing horrible. You continue to give minutes to Montrez Harrell. You continue to just give minutes to that same lineup and not put anybody else different in the game. I don't know what agenda or point Wes was trying to prove or whoever above in the office was trying to prove. But the reason Spencer's getting minutes is because they don't want to, you know, it's a really bad look to not give your number one free agent acquisition minutes like that, big minutes, because it just shows that it was a dud and it shows that you messed up and it shows that you were wrong. Yeah. I think I said it yesterday. I think it's a bust signing uh, so far, uh, you know, what he's averaging like 12 points a game and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's like, you know, he's, if you watch Spencer Dinwiddie before, he's not a point guard, which we obviously needed a point guard to help Bradley build, play his best abilities, you need a point guard that can set him up, get him his shots. You see some of the point guards that he's played with in the past. They were When Bradley Bill was at his best, they were creating for him. They were getting him open shots. He was coming off screens, kind of like that Ray Allen role back when he was really a good shooter. He hasn't been much of a good shooter in the past couple of years. But this fit is really bad. And Brad would recruit a Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie wanted to come play here. The big three in quotation marks, Spencer and um, Brad and Rui. But to get to the to the actual question, um, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, it's, it's about money too. Um, they Spencer was just awful. He was. He, he was one for seven. He was slow. He was terrible defensively. He was giving up baseline. He couldn't. He wasn't making any shots. He was shooting bad shots. Um, Sidestep threes, threes at the beginning of the shot shot clock. Um, he's just not playing good ball. And I brought up Brad Brad Watermaker. I'll bring him up again. I thought Brad. I'd rather have Brad Watermaker out there right now rather than Spencer Dinwiddie because he knows his role. He knows what he's going to do. He's going to get guys mm-hmm. open, get guys open spots. Bradley Bill, it was one game, but that was one of Bradley Bill's better games because Brad right. Wanamaker had a role. He knew what he was going to do. He go with the ball and set Bradley Bill up and play good defense. Uh, but Spencer needed to sit, man, and he he is he's a huge reason why we lost. He's a huge yeah. reason why we lost. Um, part of that backcourt play in the game against the, um, against the, the Clippers – uh, but he's just been bad so far, and I get I get it the ACL injury, but that's on Tommy Shepard too. He's the GM. He's the one making the decisions. He should evaluate it better, knowing that a guy coming off an ACL injury would not be a hundred percent ready. The report about them trying to sit him for the fifteen for the first fifteen games of the year. Um, he, he's not a three point shooter. 
He's more of a combo guard. He's a he's really a six man. That's really what he is. That's when he was at his best with the Nets. When he was that six man coming off the bench with D'Angelo Russell and Lavert, and uh, it's just not a fit. If the best that they can do with him, I, I think they should bring him off the bench. But it, it's just it's, it's a bus signing, and I know it, they could the chemistry could get better, but the chemistry actually sometimes it looks like it's getting even worse than what it mm-hmm. was. It really does. Yeah, it's. I mean, I just can't understand how Spencer can just play so good without Brad. And then when Brad comes back, he just is really bad, like really bad. It's like night and day almost. But, and we went through a similar phase with Davies Bertans. We were like, why is Davies Bertans getting on these minutes? He's playing bad, et cetera. It's because they gave him all that money and they got to play him because they were giving him, they gave him all that money. You know, now is more like, all right, we all know it was a bad sign and it was a bust, et cetera. And now we're going through that with Spencer Dinwiddie as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lastly, like you said, I mean, he got – he clearly got – oh, coach. He got ran out of the gym by by Tyron mm-hmm. Lue. He got ran out of the gym. Um, because, like you said, he sat down. Tyron Lue wasn't scared to sit the guys down that didn't need to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we'll go back to Sad Wiz fan here. He said, when is it time to start asking questions about Tommy Shepard? Teams that blow 35-point leads and have constant fights and rotation problems are not teams that want to compete now, in quotation marks. Bradley Bill is clearly a number two. We treat him like a number one. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. And this fact has been brought up before, and this point has been brought up before as well. You know, you talk about Bradley Bill when other teams are trying to uh, trade for him. And this is the point that um, Kevin Folly in the Wizard Spaces, if you were in that the other day, guys, um, he brought this point up as well. He said, other teams are trying to add Bradley Bill to be, you know, like a two or a three guy. The Wizards are the only team trying to make him a number one. And he just hasn't been that. And nobody believes that he can be a number one at this point. I mean, uh, that's just the facts. We're just go- everybody's just going off of what they've seen. And what they've seen is a guy who isn't good enough to be a number one. You know, it's it's as simple as that. And Tommy Shepard, it is time to start asking questions. You know, like we said, he's made okay moves. But when you look at his big moves, Davies Bertans, Dud, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dud. Those are two of your top three paid players right now. And Bradley Bill is having one of his worst seasons of his career right now. So those are your top three guys, paid, most paid guys, bad, like really being really bad. And once again, in a year that the Wizards themselves expect to not be a playing team and to be a competitor in some form or fashion, once again, they're looking like they may not even make the playing tournament. Uh, it's... Like I said, if it wasn't for the 10 and 3 start, their record wouldn't look like, oh, they're just two games or so under 500. It would be way worse. I mean, look at however, last 15 games, last 10 games, you'll see the record. You see the trend. It's a downtrend. So definitely, Tommy Shepard is, you can ask some questions for him very much. Yeah, he needs to be held accountable as well. Um, you know, we got all happy, myself included. You know, he got an extension. Um, you know, he gave Gafford an extension earlier this year, which 
you know, I'm not going to say it's, it's a questionable move. I love Gafford, but, you know, now you can't trade him. And I feel like everybody – I love Gaff, but I feel like right now everybody needs to be on the table to be traded. So that's the only thing about that. Like, if you're not going to play him, you're not using him correctly, then you might as well use him as a trade piece because we're not even untapping the potential because he needs he needs more play. He's, he's, a, he's a raw player. He's a player that, you know, needs to be set up and, and spoon-fed. But defensively, he can be really good if he doesn't foul. So we're not – we're doing him a disservice. We're doing us a disservice if we're not going to give him playing time. That's just my point to the point where we're just so bad right now, not playing good ball, where we might as well, you know, use him to upgrade the team. We can't even do that right now because we already gave him mm-hmm. the extension. But I, I do love Gaff. And um, like you said, the Spencer Dinwiddie signing a bust. Um, Berton's obviously a bust signing, um, F minus signing. Um, and Bradley Bilsey at number one, you know, like we kept, we kept asking that to all the guests that would come on. We asked Justin Kutcher that I think we asked Chase that we asked Karita that we've asked every guest who has come on. We've asked that same question Mm -hmm. and, you know, time has told us, you know, we, we kind of knew that before earlier. There's only a couple number ones. The number ones I can name off the top of my head is Steph Curry. LeBron James, Giannis, um, Kawhi Leonard, um, Arsene Staff, Jokic, Joel Embiid is the number one. Um, I might be forgetting somebody, but those are the number ones. And Bradley Bill is just, it's just not on that level. For mm-hmm. he, he's a tier below those guys. Yes, he made All NBA, but he, he's just not on those guys' level to to lead a team to a championship. And uh, he, he's just proven that once again. Guys who are number ones. Do not let a Clippers second string, third string, fourth string G League affiliate team come into your own arena and beat you and come back from 35 points. Number one is just don't let that happen. I don't see Giannis letting that happen. I don't see Joel Embiid letting that happen. I don't see Steph Curry letting that happen. Kawhi, Braun, well, Braun has let it happen. But I don't see legitimate number one guys doing that. And it's not – and he's got to finish in the clutch too. The clutch is – the clutch is so telling. It's so telling. The turnovers in the clutch is so telling. The, the fumbling the ball, backcourt violations, different things like that. He's a great player, but he's just not a number. It's okay. Not everybody's number one. Kyrie Irving is not a number one, in my opinion. He's a number two. Anthony Davis is showing us that he's a number two. So there's some really, really good players that are number twos. Just because you're a number two doesn't mean you're a bad. Paul George is really a number two, to be honest with you, too. Um, so it's not it's not the end of the world. Clay Thompson's a number two. He's a great player, too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the end of the world, but yeah, do you want to build your team by paying a number two max money? No, nah, that's, that's not the way you do things. So, uh, but yeah, that's the answer. That's my that's our answer to that question. That's a good question by uh, sad whiz fan, uh, a dumb, dumb whiz fan on uh, Twitter. Um, this is from Wizards Trash Talker. Uh, he's on Twitter at hoop underscore. T-E-E underscore do, so hoop t do. He says, can you rationalize why Daniel Gafford never plays beyond the first quarter? I can't. I got no I got <laughs> no answers for you. I don't get it. I really don't get it. And if it's because the Wizards front office is trying to showcase the talent, that's stupid because you're losing games. You're supposed to be putting the best product on the court, the best players on the court. Daniel Gafford will start a game off with 10 points, four for four, five for five, and then he'll get some start, some that'll be it, and then he'll get some play at the start of the third, and then that'll be it. 
I, I just, I don't get it, man. I really don't get it. Say what you want about Daniel Gafford, and he does have his issues, but there's no excuse for him to just be playing 11 to 12 minutes a game. It's ridiculous. And then when you see games like last night, where you got Montrez Harrell in there, but the lead is slipping away, etc. Can we at, can we throw Gaff in there? I mean, he had a couple blocks. I mean, can we do something to change it up? I mean, regardless of that fact, Daniel Gafford, she, he she, he should be getting more than eleven to twelve minutes a game. Period. It's pathetic what they're doing right now with him, and it's criminal what they're doing right now with him and his minutes. It's really criminal, honestly. Yeah, I think Wes answered his in the presser. Somebody asked him about Gafford in the minutes. I think he said we wanted to get a different look. We wanted to see more energy, and Gaff is an energy guy. And right. Spencer Dinwiddie is really looking like a low energy guy. He can barely move. He looks like a you know forty five year old guy. Like he can barely move, and he's not giving you any energy. He's playing Matador defense. Mm-hmm. So that explanation just wasn't a good explanation from from a coach standpoint. But yeah, to get back to Gafford again, um, yeah, he, he he's they have given him the Alex Lynn role of last year. I hate to see it. Because, you know, I, I like Alex Lynn, of course, you know, Maryland Terp mm-hmm. player. I thought he provided good minutes last year, but we mm-hmm. knew he was limited. Um, out of the three bigs, he was the less um, productive big at all three. So, obviously, we knew he was going to come in and start and go back to the bench. But mm-hmm. Gafford, you know, he provides more energy and just he's he's our best defender by far. By far. Right. We're just not a good team defensively. So, um, it's unfortunate. But once, you know, hopefully Tommy Shepard makes a trade where, you know, we can get some guys and get more minutes. Um, but our next question is from Steve Nguyen. Uh, his Twitter, his at is T E T S U N G U. He says, Do you think Wes Unsell Jr. is being told what rotations to run by the higher ups? He just seems too smart to leave in a li- lineup that blew a 35 point lead with no adjustments. It's it's got to be something like that. I mean, it's no, is I refuse to believe that Wes Unsell Jr. is that incompetent. I refuse to believe it. I, I just do. I mean, it's no way you sit there and watch your lead dwindle, and you just do nothing, and you just you do nothing. It's no way you see Daniel Gafford, for example, start a game off strong offensively blocking some shots and he plays 11 minutes it's no way that you just start you you just continue to play 12 guys and and play all these guys etc and it I, i just it makes no sense i feel like i mean of course i have no inside knowledge but i feel like west is being told to like a showcase these guys a little bit more blah 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 I don't know, but whatever he's being told or because I really hope it's not him thinking like this is it because it ain't it. It's resulting in the collapse of your team and the collapse of your locker room and an even bigger collapse of your fan base. I don't know what's going on over there. I really don't. But it's it's crazy, whatever it is. Yeah, he clearly has a script. Even when we were winning games, it looked like he had a script too. There were some games where I thought Denny should have finished and he didn't have Denny finish, and that's why we lost. You know, having KCP in a clutch against the Nets where he didn't call it. To, actually, I'm sorry, Joseph Blair coached that game. But 
you know, it just looks like he has a premeditated script, and maybe that script is coming from Tommy Shepard and Ted Leonsis. It, it could be because they're trying to showcase guys. They were trying to showcase Hollow Neto. He was playing Hollow Neto over Aaron Holiday for the longest, and that was ridiculous. And Hollow Neto was just so bad to the point where they finally just had to sit him down. Aaron Holiday's not getting minutes. I think Aaron Holiday would have did better than Spencer Dinwiddie last night. Maybe Hollow Neto would have – actually, Hollow Neto didn't play well last night either. But, you know, they – him – Playing Spencer Dinwiddie that amount of minutes lost you that game. And that's yeah. the adjustment he didn't make. And Tyron Lou sat guys down. He played Kofi instead, instead of playing Reggie Jackson. And that's what separated the, the two coaches there. That's a coach, Tyron Lou, who's won a championship. And Wes Essel Jr. is a rookie head coach. Looks like he's still learning the way, learning rotations, learning different things. He needs to learn how to draw up some inbound passes as well. Coach that up, too, because that was awful. Kyle Kuzma yeah. throwing the ball, even the the the, the one with the one point nine seconds too. That was inexcusable too. They just gonna yeah, throw a ball, was... a football pass all the way down to the other side, just giving up, just throwing a white flag basically right there. That was just this is terrible. So it does look like the locker room is lost. Um, I think the only thing that can really solve it is probably trading some of the guys that are not happy and just moving some guys out. You know, and I, I, this is why I don't see if, if we keep the team together they probably won't make the playoffs either because you can tell when guys just want to go home and they just want to end the season. They want to go to Cancun. Mm-hmm. And it might start to look like that pretty soon, uh, especially after a loss like that. But it could be. There are a lot of times where, where GMs tell you, hey, we want to play this guy. We want to showcase this guy. We want to get Bertans in there because we want to push up his trade value. Hollow Neto, they were showcasing him. There's rumors of him being shopped. Same thing with Holiday. Um and right now, you know, Thomas Bryant's on a minute restriction. Rui's on a minute restriction. So if they do play well, you know, it looks like the doctors are telling them they can't play 25, 30 minutes right now. So his hands are tied right now with 11-man rotation. Yeah, uh, it's – man, the, the this team is just ridiculous. Like, it's really ridiculous. And it's becoming a real chore to watch. And – you look at the – I don't know if you've seen pictures of the arena yesterday. I mean, you could tell from the TV view, but it was looking empty. Like, it was looking like a Capital City go-go game, you right. know? And people said – people made jokes. They were saying it, and Troy Halliburton said it too. He was like, it was more people in that Wizards spaces than at the Wizards game. And that's the truth. And you can complain, complain about the fans, et cetera. But until the Wizards put a watchable product out on the court, a consistent watchable product on the court, the arena is going to look like that. Like, it's going to look like that, period. Fans are not going to be coming out and spending their hard-earned money to watch teams blow 35-point leads and to let opponents drop 51 points on them and get cheered. I mean, people, you got to earn it, man. You can't just be like, oh, we're the team at this city. Like, we play here. Come watch us because we're the basketball team of this place. So you come watch us. You have to give the people a reason to watch. You give them a reason to watch consistently by giving them a consistent, good product. As simple as that. Right. And this was the crazy thing is an opportunity to take advantage of. We had eight home games yep. in a row. We played lottery teams. We played the Rockets at home. We lost. We played the Blazers without Dame Lillard and Cesar McCullum. We lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clippers without. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, we lost. So mm-hmm. we had a golden opportunity of eight straight home games, and we lost. And now we have to go in this gauntlet of the Suns, the Bucks, the Nets. Um, it could get ugly very quickly. It could get very, very ugly for the Washington Wizards. Um, like yep. you said, I mean, 
said it yesterday, people were six feet apart, and that's how many empty seats there were. It was like social distancing out there, mm-hmm. and it's telling. It's telling. That's the part of that has been on the court right now. Um, so, so it's rough right now. This, this, this week coming up will be a gut check week uh, for all the people that left questions on Twitter. Um, we're gonna try to answer them tomorrow. We'll probably we'll try to ask Chase some of these questions too. We can all answer them together. Lloyd the Hooper, um, Ben Selznick on Twitter, uh, Evan Johnson uh, on Twitter, Matanel Barashi, uh, Elder Mosh. And uh, Professor Glover as well. There were a couple of no breaks new on YouTube. There was a couple of people that left some questions. We just didn't, we're not able to get to them today, but we'll try to get them, uh, answer them tomorrow. Chase Hughes is coming on, so we might answer them with Chase. Yep, definitely. And guys, I want to thank you once again for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now, for your next listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Well, Ed, no game tomorrow. That may, that's maybe a good thing, but, you know, let's talk to Chase. So let's, let's see what the feeling like is around the building. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, they had to sit, they had to sit in and think about this loss. And then about the spaces, is hilarious. There was an NBA, a former NBA player that was – Basically, trying to uh, get a, get a trial with the Wizards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man, that's oh, that man. was crazy. Yeah, but Wizards Nation, um, we'll see what happens. And uh, thank you guys for watching through this this rough patch. Make sure you guys subscribe to Locked On Wizards on YouTube. Hit the notification bell. Make sure you guys subscribe to all uh, to Locked On Wizards uh, the podcast on all platforms as well. Hail to the Wizards! Peace. Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.